Yeah, I'm pretty mad. Hmm. I'm actually... I'm gonna drop my notes. I'll say this. I don't take notes. I'm, uh, I'm watching. This made me wish I took notes so I could ignore my notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the modern day equivalent of wanting to slam a phone to hang it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Alright, so what are we recording? Oh, hello, Internet, and welcome back to the Tapstream Podcast, episode 24. Uh, I am Trey, and today I am joined by... Dear Christopher. And Chelsea. I don't have a cool name. (laughs) 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 Just Chelsea. Chelsea. (laughs) Just Chelsea. Um, So... We have been discussing the latest season of Game of Thrones, and uh, we like to dive into it and give a bit of a spoiler-filled discussion about our feelings. But before we get into that, we do like to give um, kind of an overarching feeling of the particular episode. So if somebody has not seen it yet and would just like to to hear some overviews without spoilers, uh, that's what we're going to do now. And I normally I, I let one of you two go first. I'm actually going to jump in here and say... I came super close to not wanting to record this podcast episode. Uh, yep. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I don't know. To 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 keep going, I think, or to steal what we already discussed. So I guess I'll go ahead and pass the buck on to you, Chris, so I don't take your words. Um, this is going to be a fifteen-minute-long episode of the podcast in honor of <laughs> the pacing for this show. <laughs> Just hit the two X button on your favorite podcast uh, application, and uh, you get a you get a sense of the pacing. And it will still feel more fleshed out than Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I I um I I think you were gonna make this point. Mm-hmm. That's you, that's why I was like gonna go ahead and pass it on to you because I I realized that's where I was going. But this these are your words, so I want them to come from you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Without without getting into specifics before the spoiler break, um. I'll just say that I don't feel anything because I haven't had time to feel anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about all I can say. I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Subtlety is dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Chelsea? Um, I think I just feel unsatisfied. Yeah. Like the whole thing is just unsatisfying i feel like there was a lot left to be desired in that episode mm-hmm. i, I want to go, go ahead okay real quick i just want to support something i um i feel like i'm very easily swayed by online opinion chelsea's really good at forming her own opinion so if she says she's unsatisfied i feel i feel pretty justified in my thoughts too <laughs> i i don't know i i think I'm going to play off what you said. I really do feel a little baffled for the biggest show in the world in its penultimate episode. You figured I would feel more than I do. Um, Like there, what makes this entire season so incredibly difficult is that what's happening is not boring. Like there's cool stuff happening, but they have used so many unearned moments and this show has become these aren't characters anymore. These are like check marks on a to-do list. Yeah. And it's it 
it almost feels and i'm gonna shit on the dcu universe so i know this isn't good it almost feels like how in batman versus superman they burn through like three different storylines uh in one episode or one episode one movie that's what it feels like like i i don't know if this got caught in the beginning of this recording or not but i was talking to chelsea and i said starting from episode three i feel like every one of these episodes could have been its own season it's just mind-boggling how fast they're running through it that's a good point yeah and and that's what like i think that's what's hard is because for all the people that are dissatisfied the easy retort for the people who are enjoying it is that oh we are upset because it's not playing out like the fairy tale ending we wanted but it's not that like it's yeah it's not that yeah like i don't know i i, I think I what to be rainbows and butterflies and sunshines at the end but i expected more Mm -hmm. and i think that's how everybody else feels too and what i keep coming back to and i feel like i start to feel even worse for is the people who started this story with the books because this i think this started in 1992 if i'm not mistaken the first book came out in 1992 and there there are people that are so invested in the story and it's not only is it a shame that they didn't get to finish it in the same medium that they started. They're finishing it with the plot lines bastardized. Like they don't even get to have the nuance that the show started with. They just get to have it spoiled. Yeah. On the biggest slight, stage in the world. Slight correction. Um, 1991 is when the, when the a song of ice and fire um, as a series was, was began uh-huh. uh, published in 1996. Okay. So, well, thank you. So it's your age basically. Right? Thanks. Older than dirt. Well, if it's any better, I'm older than a Game of Thrones, apparently, or Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I was talking to one of my coworkers on Friday about that. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I don't. I don't have a whole lot to add, but um, it's. I, I think it's. It's definitely laughable. Um, there is a general consensus of laughability for this season. Yeah especially even for season seven which was a surprise for me i don't remember being disappointed with season seven i wasn't disappointed in season seven i really liked seasons i think i was because uh, i had talked about it. i don't know if i wrote it down anywhere but i had said i'm definitely entering in game of thrones fatigue like i wasn't as hyped as i, I was going into season seven and i had like because I even texted you. I think I've already mentioned this once in the, the podcast that uh, crows fly fast, but plot flies faster. But I, I felt like I had made peace with that. Like I was OK with it in season seven because it was still pretty fun. But I guess it was because like I wasn't prepared for how far the show could fall. Yeah. Um, me and Chris were discussing something the other day and he I don't remember what he said about season seven. Something about how he didn't really remember it or it felt like this season, season eight feels so much fresh to him. And it does feel rushed to me, but I think I have a different perspective because I kind of watched, I wasn't caught up with season, half of season six and season seven before season eight premiered. So I basically had like three weeks to watch half of season six and all of seven. And so with doing that, I feel like this season doesn't necessarily feel rushed. I just feel like there's a lot, like it's very unsatisfied, like satisfied. I'm unsatisfied with it. Yeah. I don't feel like it's rushed to me. I feel like I have a different perspective on it, but I don't know. I just don't like the way this is going. And I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. Like every episode so far, I've cried in it. This one, I, I didn't at all, and I was so shocked. 
I, I feel like we're, we're kind of knocking on the doorstep of the spoiler zone. I will say oh, this. Even in that zone. <laughs> oh, you didn't say anything in any particular. Okay. Um, I will say this. I kind of feel about this episode the same way that I felt about episode three, where the rhythm of the episode just felt one note for entirely too long. Although there, the, yeah. the, the episode, because I, I, I did enjoy the episode leading up to a particular point, And then from that point forward, it felt like it was just dragging on the same point that it was trying to make. Um, yeah. And so it, it didn't feel like there was any rise or fall. It was just kind of berating us with this, mm-hmm. this, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Um, bleakness. Like it was just berating us with a bleak, with a bleak uh, tone the entire time. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing to say, because I, I texted Chris this because we were debating whether or not we were going to do this uh, or not. Because I, when I started, when I like said, hey, let's talk about Game of Thrones on the podcast, I legitimately thought it was going to be a fun time. But I felt like I had become a curmudgeon like every episode going forward. So we said, let's just do it. And if it just becomes too much that we're just naysaying it, we'll just call it there. And uh We'll see. So if you're if you're listening before the spoiler zone and you see it only last three minutes, you know why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, without any any final words before we go into the spoiler zone. No, I think I've said it all. I don't. Yeah, I don't have any. All right. So if you are not caught up with Game of Thrones season eight, episode four, we are now entering into the spoiler zone or right after this little audio cue. Stop it! You're spoiling it. You're spoiling everything. All right, here we go. Free, fair game. Okay. Okay, so um, I, I did have something to say pre-spoiler break, but it it, it doesn't really have merit either way. Um, okay, so so Game of Thrones opened. When when did that show? 2011? Was it 2011? I'm pretty sure. Uh. Okay, yeah, originally released April 17th, 2011. So what I was looking up was um, whether or not we had a Walking Dead kind of thing or like a community kind of thing where the showrunners change hands yeah uh don't think that's the case i think D have been uh have been writing i think they have co-created and show ran game of thrones since inception and re- <clears throat> i want to throw this out there because i i've been reading a lot um and listening to podcasts apparently game of thrones and george r, r. martin wanted uh, at least two more seasons and D mm-hmm. decided that they were done they didn't want to go forward that's super frustrating yeah i feel like it could be so much better with another season at least one season to kind of like ease us in yeah. that's all it needs dang yeah yeah, I, I I read the same thing. It's frustrating. Maybe mm. I read it from you, Trey. Maybe you're the reason I know that. I feel bad because I, I think I have. It's almost like we've all started like tech support groups, because <laughs> like I have various different people that I have been texting and and being like, oh man, and I feel like I'm regurgitating the same information, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet. And I feel I I feel a little extra layer of bad, and I know this will eventually get to him because I watch this with my dad, and he's also been listening to the podcast. For the record, I enjoy our time together watching this. I just don't enjoy the show, (laughs) 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 and I feel so bad because we like I remember starting this so long ago, and it's been like our show every you know every Sunday when it's in season, and it's just I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's still a good. I would honestly, I would I would love to hear what your dad thinks about it. Yeah, Um, but um. Sorry, our dog is trying to attack our cat. No, it's uh, fine. Well, in a sweet way, not no, in a mean way. I don't want to say I'm condoning the attack on your cat. I'm just condoning the <laughs> break. It's fine. 
Um, <laughs> I had to break it up. All right, now that Chelsea's back, I wanted to say, so the reason I was looking up um, whether or not D&D had been writing the show since it began is because I feel like I feel like this season the show the, the writers are assuming I'm not smart enough to follow complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like that. And that's probably just a product of the fact that the show is being rushed. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's any, you know, I don't think it's worth looking into past that, but it's just, it's a, it's kind of frustrating. I feel I, like, I feel weird. I'm on the, I'm on the, like I'm on a, a fulcrum of, uh, or I'm like I'm at this point and I'm leaning towards like, okay, am I upset with it and do I care enough about it to vocalize how upset I am with the show, mm-hmm. or, or am I, I? I'm still trying on the other side to um, give it the benefit of the binged out. I really really want this show to binge well. Oh, can I read or do you have your comment available that you texted me at the very beginning? Because uh, that was a really yeah, funny. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Um, I texted Trey right before the show. Um, oh God, it keeps pulling up, and then I lose it. Uh, I've heard of binge watching a show to finish a series quickly. Binge writing a show to finish a series is a new one. <laughs> Just want to make sure we threw that in there. Yeah, uh, and I mean it too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so, uh, yeah, let's say what, oh, what you guys do. Are we gonna go scene by scene, or how are we gonna do this? Scene by scene is cool. Okay. You didn't take notes, did you, Chelsea? No, I did okay. not. Well, well, yeah, we can we can take mine. Um, I I shortened mine. We've been we've been running a little long in the tooth. I wanted to spare us. Yeah. Okay. So um, they're not quite as long. Um, the show opens on a dark and stormy night. <laughs> um, Last time on Out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never not be funny, at least to me. <laughs> God, I like I was about to do a, a voice from it. I'm just gonna not because it'll just derail us. Um, <laughs> so the show opens, um, and Danny won't eat. Um, she's upset, and um, I, I like that it it opened up on Varys writing the like true air like all i could really make out of his note was that it says is the true air but we're supposed yeah. to in- infer that you know that's john um I, I guess we can when we get to the the, the conclusion of that story I'll, I'll bring up what i was gonna say but um it would be peeking ahead for me to say anything more yeah um well so i i liked the um i did like the uh, subtlety that it's that it opens with Varys mm-hmm. asking if um, if she's eaten and trying to like care and tend to her. Mm-hmm. Thought that was kind of nice. It was a cool contrast to to his obvious plans to overthrow in favor of John. And see, and that's the thing. Like, I like that it illustrates that he's not like he's not a malicious dude. He he really just generally wants the well being of everyone, even if yeah. that is in spite of someone who doesn't know what they're like slow walking towards. And so, like you, you say it perfectly. He is still caring to her needs. Um, yeah, ma'am. Anything to add to that? I didn't even realize that. I kind of was <laughs> <laughs> like, I like Varys, but I never, I didn't put that together when I was watching the show. Mm-hmm. Now, is that consistent with his character? 
I don't know. Because, I mean, he was set up to not be trusted. I think right? he... <sighs> That's why I didn't know how to feel about Varys in this episode, and I don't know why. They subverted our expectations. Uh, I think Varys has been <laughs> consistently consistently the guy that is is working for the realm i mean they kind of reinforced that point last last episode because you remember yeah. i don't know what season it was but um Littlefinger and Varys were having their conversation right in front of the throne and he kind of says the similar thing that he will protect the realm um yeah i think what the the feelings of not trusting Varys comes from is that he hasn't always betted on the same horse because it, it doesn't matter to him who's on the throne. He just wants somebody that will do good. So the feeling of like, oh, should we trust him or not? I get that. Um, it, I mean, it's almost kind of sad. Like, because I mean, obviously where it's leading up to in this discussion, you see that he is he is trying to do his best and everything around him is just kind of falling apart. Yeah. And I did feel for him how the ending occurred. But I didn't know. I don't know. Like me not knowing how to feel with. Or me catching that he was being still nice to Daenerys, despite that he was going to try to overthrow her. I don't know. I you just don't catch that. Yeah, it's just neat. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Now um, that you pointed it out, I can see it. Mm -hmm. I wrote that Varys shows... Oh, Varys shows John that he knows who That's the true, true heir is. Um, I, uh... I like that he like wasted no time. Like John shows up yeah. on the on the boat and it's like, all right, the troops will be here. Hey, by the way, I know you're the true king. <laughs> like he just yeah. immediately yeah. jumps in on him. In the true uh, spirit of season eight. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very fast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and and like same same to that. Like I feel. I, I, Tyrion just goes to tell Danny like very quickly after two, right? Right. So I mean, we're we ha we're watching because this is kind of like going back to what I was saying. We're watching everything fall apart around him. This almost feels out of character for me with Varys. Like you feel like he would have had a stronger hand if he was gonna like play that card. Because I mean, if if John who acts like he does, where he says, you know, Daenerys is my queen, you know, immediately he's just gonna run back to her and, and tell him what's going on. So what was Varys's fault back? Yeah, um, maybe I'm misinterpret not misinterpreting, but I wanted to lob a thought in too. Is maybe maybe this is what you're getting at that it seems like Varys is usually smarter than this. Yes, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't like he. I feel like he would have cleverly led John to knowing, but maybe. I could also argue that it's it's dire circumstances and there's no time for subtlety. I think I mean, well, I mean, if we're going to speak meta about it, I think, again, casualty of a shortened season like that. That's where it goes back to if this every episode could have had its own like like season. This feels like a big mid season point for yeah. for him to like reveal that he knows. Yeah. Um. It just I mean, it. It should have had more weight, mm -hmm. you know? It should have been. I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know that I would. I don't know that if it were if that magnitude of a uh, of a re revelation were revealed in another season. You know, say if we got a revelation of that magnitude in season six, I, that wouldn't be like the fact that John and Danny get it out in the open. 
would have been a critical turning point. But mm -hmm. I don't know that Varys telling John that he knows is as critical. Yeah. So maybe I'm being too harsh. Yeah. I don't know. I think Varys knew how it was going to end, though. That's why he was writing all that stuff. Well, so he obviously knew. Okay, I want to skip around because I've I've been trying to like dance around this, but I, you bring up a point I want to talk about. There, there's a scene later, right before uh, he gets executed, where yeah. he takes that note that he was writing, where he writes <laughs> out that he knows who the heir is, and he burns it, and he burns takes it. off his rings. Yeah. What, was, was there any significance that to the rings that I'm misremembering, or is it, are we just supposed to infer that he knows he's going to die? He knows he's going to die. I think he knows he's going to die. Me too. That's how I thought it was going to be like. So then my other question is, obviously, I think he's burning the note because John refused. Who was he going to send that note to? I don't know what the point of the note was. I didn't understand that either because he burnt huh. it. So I was like, obviously, he knows that they know what's the point of burning it. You know what I mean? Right. He could have just left it, and they would be like, oh, well, of course he knew. That's why this happened. Like, I don't know. It's just silly to me. But who, it might have yeah, a significance. Yeah, who, who would he send that to? I don't know. Maybe he would send it to a maester? Maybe. To to get it, you know. But, I mean, the maester in King's Landing is Kyburn, the... Yeah, true. Maester yeah. in Winterfell. Sam knows. Yeah. Yeah, who would he write that to? I don't know. That's a really... Uh, yeah. Unless it's one of those, like, he sends it to a place, and then they're like, oh, shit, and then they copy it out and send it to different people, so, like, the information yeah. just travels as fast as possible. Literally a retweet with just different birds. <laughs> Maybe he was, cause, yeah, because what did he used to call his, his like, little legion of children? Uh, Spiders or something? Spiderlings like or something like that? Maybe he was going to send it back to them and have them just spread information like wildfire. Spread it around. Yeah. Or get it back Maybe. to the north, maybe? That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, okay, like yeah, he yeah. Was probably just trying to get it out. Get it the out north. and spread it to the north, so then because the north don't like Danny. And that anyway. would make sense. Yeah, it was yeah. Like create a revolution. Yeah, but I mean, and I, I don't know. Maybe we're getting stuck in the weeds here. Uh, I mean, even if he, even if John doesn't want it, like they never cared whether or not he wanted to be a king. I don't know yeah. why he yeah, doesn't. Why he doesn't just send a letter anyway? I yeah. could see them. Yeah, I don't. If if I were watching a show that were written like season eight has been written. I wouldn't pick up on this, but in the past, um, people, people know that John will act in spite of himself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a, in another se season, it wouldn't surprise me that they would have been like, well, we don't really care if you want it or not. We know you're going to take it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like they use that to their advantage against him. Hmm. To his behest, he will, he will, I mean, we, everybody knows John's character. Yeah. I just can't believe we're walk, we're talking about the same show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So. So I uh, I wrote I wrote next that Tyrion uh, goes to tell Danny that Varys is betraying her, which mm. again happened incredibly quickly. Um, which I then wrote I think Tyrion Tyrion is going to get Varys killed. And ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it felt like the biggest takeaway from the season was Danny's like, if you fail, the next time you fail me, it will be the last time you fail me. Um, yeah. We're just seeing her becoming, I mean, I mean, you get the whole, the, everything they've been doing, they've been putting in overtime to show her coming unhinged. Um, yeah. And you can kind of see it in the way, like, I mean, her eyes were very sunken. She obviously, they, they set up that she hadn't been eaten. 
um, very distraught. Uh, I don't know if I know what Tyrion was trying to gain. Yeah, I didn't understand that point. And um, you you say yours. I don't have anything. I just I'm confused of why he would tell on him, basically knowing how it would end. I think it would be a political decision. Um, damned if you do, damned if you don't, kind of thing. Right, right. He's he's cracking an egg, but the omelet that he makes is is earning Daenerys's trust. Mm. Um, because I mean, you you know you you make so many calls that that are shown to be for the greater good for Danny's greater good then obviously Danny is going to put her faith back into her hand and um, I feel like that was probably the gamble he was playing but um, he he kind of discovers right after that I think it was right after that that um, maybe it wasn't maybe I'm skipping ahead but anyway ultimately he discovers that it didn't make a shit of difference that he basically not betrayed Varys, but that he did what is um, the quote right thing to do in uh, Danny's eyes, right? Yeah. By by loyalty standards, not by ethical standards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she goes on to say, "The next time you fail me will be the last time." Last time, and um, I feel like at that point, you know, could have could have been written to be a little more pivotal. But I feel like that's the point that he realizes, oh, shit, nothing I do is going to earn my trust back. Right. Earn her trust back. Like, I don't um, care if I fail you or not kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what I make of all of that. And um, I just, I, 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 you know, casualty of the season. I don't think that it was going to stick in its form. I could be totally wrong, too. I, I, you know, I would like also, to, I would like to to kind of tag everything I say with, I am open to being wrong. I would yeah. love to be wrong. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I'll, I, I'll say this. I, now that I'm kind of reflecting back on it, the the strongest through line I think this episode had was this beginning part with Varys and Tyrion. Um, because, I mean, you, you see literally the Game of Thrones, They both who they threw their, their name behind, and Tyrion won quote-unquote but we get to see the aftermath of it and, and Tyrion like coming to grips with oh shit like Varys is right so that that's the only thing I think that kind of uh reverberated throughout this episode so I I guess if I'm trying to look for positives I will credit this this leading uh, conversations between them and, and Varys but I'm really I'm really searching here <laughs> yeah yeah um I, I took issue with, um, I don't know, logically it makes sense. I don't know that there's any other way, honor be damned. I, I mean, Daenerys is a is a, a progressive tyrant, so she probably wouldn't kill, or she wouldn't execute somebody like the traditional way of being beheaded. Yeah. You know, she fucking chooses to burn Bar- Varys, which is, it annoyed me. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? Like Overkill. Yeah, which but it's true to form. She's she's done it in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say again, trying to look on the bright side. Uh, the way it was shot was fucking beautiful. Like Drogon coming out from behind her from oh, the darkness. Yeah. That was intimidating as hell. Like I was legitimately kind of scared. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was there was one scene. I'll skip ahead just a little bit. Whenever she's talking to um, 
when she's talking to John and she says she doesn't have love in Westeros, only fear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine Drogon, like, coming out of the shadow again behind her. <laughs> like, her killing John at that moment because, like I said, who? there's no there's no track anymore mm -hmm. <laughs> we're off the rails um yeah no um i actually did say just to that sidebar point at the end of the episode um i did comment on the cinematography to chelsea i was yeah. like it's actually very beautifully shot there's a lot of really cool scenes mm -hmm. in this episode but it's like everybody gave their fucking all except the writers <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Oh, man. Uh, I, I want to touch on what you said. I don't know, because, I mean, looking through your notes, it seems like we've kind of hit the high points. Um, I will say that it was a, it was touching the moment between Tyrion and Varys where Tyrion grabs his hand. Uh, it almost was kind of like a... It made it worse for me. It made it worse for me. It made yeah. it sad at that point. I thought I you... Like, oh, my gosh, why? I thought you said waterworks for me. Uh, oh, that too. <laughs> I just like I liked how it was almost like uh, this is this is nothing personal. Like I get it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I hope you're right because doesn't he say something to that extent? I really do hope I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I thought the actor that uh, portrays Varys did a really, really good job of uh, of showing how unexpected that arm grab was. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, like I think that I, I'm I'm. Maybe it's projection. I don't know. But I I thought that in that one glance that he gives after Tyrion touches his arm, like what I got from that was that Tyrion wasn't being as cold as Var Varys was assuming he would be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, like there was a lot of emotional complexity to it because <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, surprisingly, I got a lot from that scene um, that he probably assumed that Tyrion resigned to just making it black and white so he didn't have to care about like maybe he had like Varys was like oh maybe maybe our friendship doesn't mean as much to him as loyalty does yeah mm -hmm. and maybe you know like I, I I just I feel like it was easier for Varys to be mad in that moment yeah to just assume that Tyrion was was one-dimensional in that regard so it would be easier on him uh him being Varys so it wouldn't be as hard to deal with the fact that that Tyrion just basically sold him down the river um but yeah, that that I'm glad you brought that up. I, I did I did take away a, a good bit from that scene, and I thought it was a pretty emotionally powerful one. Like I said, uh, for everything that this this episode did wrong, that was the one strong through line. Like it 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 held pretty tight for me because I just kept like everything that happens following the moment. Uh, I just kept thinking back to that scene where Vera says, "I really do hope I'm wrong." So credit where credits due. I did like that scene. Yeah. I was trying to read John the whole time in that though. It shows his face briefly, but I just didn't know what he thought about it all. I should have stayed uh, dead. <laughs> he gave he gave Danny a, a, a glance at one point. Yeah. And uh, it was a pretty questioning glance, like he was trying to figure. Or I interpreted that he was trying to figure out her motives. Yeah. This I think that's what he was doing this whole episode. This episode could have been called "If You Give Danny a Dragon." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. Kill. <laughs> um, and so um next we we see that um we see another another meetup between danny and john um, this one was very confusing to me yeah and i'm glad you said so because um she she talks through um i didn't write it but i i, I think she talked about you know 
how people found out and she questions John as to why he would tell Sansa. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she was pretty methodical in the way that she traced it back. Cause I mean, Oh yeah. Going back to the scene with Tyrion and, and Danny in, in the throne room on Dragonstone, she goes, John betrayed me. And he says Varys and she traces it all the way back to John. Yeah. Just to kind of yeah. underline this moment that we're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. And okay. So I'm going to put a pin in what I was going to say, because now I want to cha- not challenge you, but I want to challenge her. Character. You better fucking yeah. step up. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, she was methodic. Like she, she was methodical in how she, she, you know, like you said, deduced who, um, who spilled basically. Um, and I'm skipping ahead and I'm sorry to do it, but um, we know what happens towards the end of the scene that she can't control herself. We've been seeing her spin and spin and wind up and tension and tension and then it finally just breaks. Um, which is frustrating to me because it's like how, you're supposed to, at the very least, what would what I would appreciate from her character is to know that she is the Mad King Two. without any of the Mad King's faults. Right. You know, like the electric boogaloo one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not like like why give her so much complexity why why build her up this entire time through seven seasons um that she's that she's learned from her family's mistakes and that she is better and that she has a chance to be ru- like the ruler and reign correctly and to just have her like revert back to like I, the same i don't know i'll challenge you back like uh, it doesn't because this is and this again like I can see all the pushback now that oh people are upset because this isn't the storybook ending that they wanted like they're expecting that Danny was going to go save everybody and sit on the throne and we have a happy ending uh, in a, I'm perfectly fine if this is the way that it was going to go forever like if that from the start to finish if this was Danny's goal it would have been a tragic failure and it would have been very it would have resonated more because we had all this build up with her but can we just can we just skip ahead to what happens like the 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 moment the city surrenders the bells are ringing cersei's ready to give up and danny sits there perched on a building and like it just like that moment of her saying fuck it and burning everybody did not feel earned like i didn't feel like okay yeah she's gonna just go and do this realistically there was no moment to kind of be the catalyst for it she just does it on her own and then the rest of the episode continues and we don't ever see her again this Mm -hmm. big revelation for a character we have seen since episode one and they don't ever show how she's processing this or even seeing her change we just see the destruction so that's kind of what i was getting at um I don't. I don't personally want a storybook ending that she. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, she hold saves. on. I want to. I want to make sure that I'm not saying that that's what you were saying. I'm saying I'm talking about the pushback from everybody else. Because yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but but I want to add a. I want to add a third dimension to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's not necessarily what I want. I want her to be. Uh, who is the Mad King? Rhaegal. Uh, no, Rhaegal was a uh, dragon. What's his name? Shoot. It's not Aegon. Aegon's John. Aegon's John. Um, <laughs> Egg. Anyway. So the mad, so the mad king, um, Eris Targaryen. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, you know, she is becoming the mad queen, mm-hmm. like exactly how I would have assumed the mad king panned out. But 
she's been smarter and better this whole time and more powerful. Like, I want to see, you know, if if we've ha- had seven seasons of The Night King and he was defeated in one episode, then I want... Like and then and then Cersei, you know, we see her die tonight. Literally, no confrontation with any of the main characters. Nope. Okay, so <sighs> we see a character that we have vilified strongly die in the most cheap way, which we'll get to. But um, they the show has made a history of this. But continue. So we have the Night King's gone, which was supposed to be the. Uh, the the un the unbreaking unwavering enemy the entire thesis of the goddamn show right and then we have cersei who was the the mortal emily emily the mortal enemy mortal um, emily <laughs> yeah the mortal emily the mortal enemy like she was the the you know the true political mortal enemy and then um, she's she's out of the picture. I want Danny to f- I want her to kick ass. Like if she's gonna be bad, I want her to be the best villain that this show could ever produce. But she's falling into the throes of the Mad King in a way that's just so like. I know we didn't see the Mad King, but we've just kind of heard the lore through the entire show. Mm-hmm. But she's she honestly she sucks just as bad as the Mad King does. Like she hasn't learned anything. She's and I get that that's like you know sometimes you can't contain crazy, but I don't. I want her to be like, um, like Tywin level of like. It's funny you bring sociopathic. that. It's funny you bring that up because I remember thinking throughout this episode, like, man, I wish Tywin was was alive. I would love to see yes. how he would have handled the dragons. Yes, I would love to see how he would handle. Daenerys like I would love to see a, mm. a, a stare down between those two well but, uh, but in, in keeping in line with the rest of the season he probably would have been dumbed down too <laughs> I don't think he would have been the, the, the general and master that he was that's true I just I feel like it's it's so it's being written so easily mm-hmm. and it's frustrating me because I like I want Danny if, if Danny is going to be the villain yeah. which we know is that's how it's happening um, and I mean, there then, was uh, there was a a, a, pre- a tweet thread that went viral where somebody did like a character analysis of Danny showing how this has always been who she was going to be. And again, that's totally fine. But yeah. what the show has done really well is instead of starting from the typical starting point of a story, it started us just a little bit beforehand. So instead of starting a story where the, the we meet the kids whose parents have died and are thrust into this adventure, we actually get to meet the parents and watch the parents like get you know brutally murdered so we feel that yeah. much more impactful for the the characters who then also go on to die but that's a different point uh and the same thing with danny danny was always going to be this villain but we got to meet her back when she was just a vulnerable person who was constantly being uh having her life like threatened by these people who wanted her dead so this entire time we watched her survive because what she's had to do and as she okay. rose into power you know, she's never known anything else. I mean, look how she handled Marine. She didn't understand what it was to rule them. And that was the lesson that was being learned there. So we've been slowly walking towards this moment of a repeat in King's Landing. It's just, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's the same point over and over again. It's happening so goddamn fast. Yeah. I think it's, I, I, we're saying the same thing. I just think that the way she's being written is awfully convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer to her I would prefer for her to have some sharp edges for her character to be a little more complex and um I mean cuz at this point it's like she's got a dragon you know like I get it that's been her edge but she's also masterfully smart you know um 
but they're just dumbing her down completely to say, you know, fuck her wit. She's got a dragon. Yeah. yeah, she lost one, but oh, she forgot about the Iron Fleet, and that's how she lost one, and that just sort of calcified her her anger, and now she's just going to come back with a vengeance. Like, come on, like, give me a fucking break. Well, I feel like there was two turning points for her in this episode. One being when she's talking to John, and they're having that discussion where she says, is that all I am to you, your queen? Um, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, well, I feel like she's, in that moment, I don't know. I feel like it was so cold on her to say that to John because he, she's seeing him now as a threat to her. I feel like in the back of her mind, she she wants to love him, but now he's a threat, and I think she's making that clear to him, or maybe he doesn't realize it, but I think it's showing more. Um, he's done so much for her, and I feel like she doesn't care about it anymore because now she knows that eventually he's going to be a threat to her too. But that was one. And then the other one was where when they rang the bells and she's standing there and she's looking at the tower where Cersei's at. And I took this from the kind of the behind the scenes after the show airs on HBO, the directors and writers and all that, they talk. And he says that was a point where she's looking and she's seeing what her whole family built, like however long ago when they ruled King's Landing. And she's standing there and she's seeing where Cersei's at and she's seeing all these people and she's like this was what i my family built this is mine mm-hmm. and it clicks on her and it just makes her angry that she just wants to kill cersei even more yeah even though they ring the bells to surrender and i feel like that was a, a major character like build for her in this episode both of those were and i feel like she doesn't care about john at this point either and see that hearing that is impactful but that's the subtext like that's yeah. that's yeah. the unearned part that it it's so hard to to have any of this resonate with us yeah and and again and to go back to it like it's so it's egregious that we watch this pivotal character moment and we don't get to see danny again for the rest of the episode we just see the destruction yeah we see her angry and then nothing else yeah Yeah. they made her a um instead of a person she's now a force Yeah. yeah you know she's uh she's she's the winter but instead she's a wall of fire <laughs> you know cheap in my opinion um let's circle back uh i, I do kind of want to step through um the build up a little bit uh because there is a lot of stuff that happens in between there um for one i wanted to say when she says is that all i am to you your queen i was like i i think i figured it out just hearing chelsea talk about it but when i heard it i was like what does she exactly want to hear from him you know um because she hasn't been concerned with his love for her yeah she's been concerned with his loyalty to her this entire time um i mean first on the nose with the whole bend the knee thing but um she was looking for loyalty in the form of no 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 you don't tell anybody your name you keep that you just bottle that shit way down you don't tell anybody you know and so now that the cat's out of the bag because she knows john i don't know why she would pretend she doesn't um now that john spilled she says is that all i am to you your queen it's like well you've been looking for loyalty this entire time what else did you want to hear there um i don't know maybe i've missed something there i was kind of hoping one of you could enlighten me Mm. i think 
and I hate that I'm going to bat for this because this feels weird. I think what she's looking for is because they again, they go to the makeout session part two, which they already did in last week's episode. And he kind of like pulls away and they they kind of leave it there because of knowing their new relationship. I think that's what it is. Like, I think she what she's asking for is for him to believe the lie, like the lie of like, oh, he's he's John Stark, John Snow, Um because she makes that threat. Sansa now knows what happens when people know who you are. So she's that's her last like line in the sand. We got to mm. keep this a secret. And so whenever she goes to kiss him and he he kind of reciprocates and then he pulls back a little bit, then she goes, all I have is fear. Mm-hmm. And so like that, that, that moment, like she wanted him to believe the lie. And I guess that was, you know, through romance. Okay. I got it. Okay, I'm satisfied with that. Uh, so we we step through, and Danny starts to plan to attack King's Landing, um, in a really tense moment. Actually, that was a pretty tense scene. Yeah. Um, Tyrion was speaking with uh, elevated urgency, mm-hmm. and um, finally pulls a win in the in the favor of having her you know he he's, he cautions her to listen for the bells and and call off her attack um and she agrees if i recall or i don't know that she agrees i think john agrees i i, I think there was like an unspoken like okay kind of thing yeah um and uh and this is this is when we see the scene <clears throat> where Tyrion, uh, i guess satisfied uh not a huge satisfaction but however satisfied with the fact that she's going to at least call off the attack if she hears the bells he turns to leave and um danny takes that moment to say uh we caught your brother trying to escape basically mm-hmm. and um well not trying to escape she caught they caught the brother trying to enter into king's uh landing because uh, Jamie wasn't with them, he had he decided to stay back at Winterfell, and it wasn't until the that's right. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. Um. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. I know what I, I do. Follow, I promise. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, she, uh, you know, brings it to, to Tyrion's attention, and that's when she delivers the the next time you fail me will be the last time. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um. <clears throat> And another, I'm I'm really I'm really trying not to like just negatively look at this whole episode, but pretty much directly after, you know, Tyrion, I, I guess it was supposed to be interpreted that like you know he knows how much is on the line now, and he goes to Jamie anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why he gives that look at the end, and he walks away where he's kind of like, okay. But it had no, uh, it just I didn't. It, it didn't mean anything to me. You didn't know, like, me, I guess. you didn't like the scene with Tyrion and Jamie. I loved the scene, oh. but it didn't like, it didn't, it dawned on me, but it didn't, I, I, I didn't appreciate it as much mm-hmm. until Jamie finally said like, you'll be executed for this. And then, um, or not, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he basically yeah, he says, that. He does. Yeah. He basically says, you know, you'll be killed for this. And, and Tyrion 
offers to lay on his own sword. Basically. Well, he he has a really good line where he says thousands of innocent lives for one not so innocent dwarf. That seems like a fair right. trade. So he right. know he knows he's going towards his death. But I I don't know. I guess maybe maybe I wasn't paying good enough attention. It just it didn't feel um impactful until Jamie kind of pointed it out and Tyrion got to deliver his line. You know, like I didn't I didn't have any real sneaking suspicion. It was a little weird whenever Tyrion dismisses the uh the the uh the guards. Um but uh I, I don't know. I just I didn't feel the tension of the scene. I think I felt it because it happened right after she said, the next time you fail me, it'll be your last. And mm-hmm. then he goes and does that. And you're like, well, this is him failing her once again. Like, this is it for him. It's a like, nice. That. It's almost sorry. like a night. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're saying basically what I was going to say. Probably. Uh, it was like a nice, uh, like confirmation that he is admitting he was wrong. And like exactly. now he's just trying to save lives. That's yeah. a good point. Yep. He's on a mission now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, that, that scene, uh, maybe, maybe this is a little bit of hindsight because, um, that scene did hit its, its like beautiful prime whenever Tyrion, uh, basically tells Jamie he's the only reason that he ever felt, you know, worthy, I and guess. He was or alive, basically, yeah. Too. He says, you were the only one that didn't treat me like a monster. Yeah. Uh, which is, okay, I will give them that. It, it's, it's a really good way of portraying uh, the complication of relationships. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can't make the quote right choice uh, whenever relationships complicate things so much. Because yeah. you know, we're or me as a viewer, I was looking out for Tyrion's self-preservation because I don't want to see him die. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, say what you want about the Lannisters; they they're fucking tight as a family. Like they yeah. like they're. It's weird to almost root for him in a way, but not really. Yeah. Like they're such a tragic family, but that their strength is their family. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. There was a point whenever I was asking Chelsea or I told Chelsea that I didn't know whose side I was on. Yeah. I was like, I really honestly do not know. I, it's like, they want us to just hate everyone <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's what it feels like now. Yeah. Love no one because love is fickle. Um, I had a thought and um, I don't know how much stock there is in it, but uh, could Arya be the one to kill Daenerys? Hmm. I don't think logically it makes the most sense. Well, she's on a mission after. Well, she was going to kill Cersei and then Cersei got killed by a brick. So well, we're jumping ahead a little bit. <laughs> I have some to say about. Jump ahead. Go ahead. Oh, should we? Yeah, I don't think we're sticking to any yeah. particular. Format. order yeah because i mean fr- from this point forward we're getting kind of towards the the siege and everything is so chaotic that we can just kind of like we can yeah. instead of going moment to moment we can take characters to the end if we want to okay well for aria i think it shows her leaving but i think the whole like the whole scenes of her running around she's seeing all of these people who she hated who rooted for her dad to be beheaded, but she's seeing all these innocent people and children, people helping her along the way, getting killed. And I think it was like a pivotal moment where she's like, okay, Cersei's probably dead. Daenerys is now the one that's killing all of these people. I don't know. I think she just realized like these are innocent lives no matter what. Like these these are children and women who are trying to get away. And she tries to help and people tried to help her. And I think at the end it shows her riding away because she's like, Daenerys is my new enemy. 
Um, that's I a, like the what? I was just gonna say I like the optics of that. I was gonna lob a uh, a cheap shot at the writers. Um, I was gonna say you recontextualized it for me because I didn't. I didn't even think about. Because I, I, I thought it was a little weird. Like, we were getting a lot of Arya running through the crowds. It kind of felt like it was similar scenes. Like, again, a, a to-do list that my cousin texted me. He wanted me to point out how many fake-out death scenes we got with Arya. Um, but you you kind of recontextualize it when you're saying that these were the same people that rooted for her father to be beheaded. And she's watching this destruction. And I, I don't know. That makes me warm up a little bit on that aspect of it. Yeah, because you know the Starks are good. Mm-hmm. Like. Arya wants the best ruler to rule, but she knows Daenerys isn't it, and I think she resonated with those people who are trying to get away, and they're just innocent at the end of the day. And it's coming fresh off that confrontation with her and the Hound, where the Hound is like, I've I've sought revenge my entire life. Is that what you want? Do you want to be like me? That's true, too. I felt like that scene should have been a little bit more impactful for me. Um, I kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, and I'm going to go back all the way to Joffrey's death. I remember when I watched him die, it was kind of it, at first it was like an unsatisfying feeling. And then I kind of learned to be OK with it. But I just remember thinking like I wanted Arya to be the one to do it for as much as the show had pitted them two together. It felt like the natural resolution was to watch the catharsis of Arya taking him out. And I was kind of like put off by it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I, I was starting to realize, oh, that I mean, that's what the show has been telling us. Like it does, you know, all that shit is petty because here comes the White Walkers and the Night King. Like that's the true enemy. And then obviously we get to the Night King. Arya takes out the Night King in one episode. And it's just like, well, shit, like what? Like what were you trying to say? And then we kind of get to this moment again. Like, OK, I guess Arya is going to take out Cersei, which I was kind of hoping would not be the case. I wanted somebody else to do it. But if that's where it was going to go, that's where it was going to go. It Because at least there was some kind of story there. Yeah. But the Hound just being like, it's not worth it. Go like it's yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I want to believe it because this show has had a history of having the Stark uh, women deal with their aggressors in unhealthy and toxic ways like the way Sansa deals with Ramsay is not healthy like she she has him brutally murdered by the hounds which is fine I mean if that's the story they're going to tell but like I like that they were trying to also show that Arya's not too far gone it just I wanted it to be a little bit more than it was yeah I think I expected Arya to run with the hound still and just be like oh whatever I'm still going to go with you so mm-hmm. it kind of showed me that she just easily turned but I think that was them being like, I think there's a bigger thing for Arya. I think that's why they ended it the way they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course you don't know that when you're watching it. Like I wouldn't, I expected her to go with the hound, like I said. So I don't know. I think they writers made something bigger for her to happen. Like maybe she will kill Daenerys, but I think there's something bigger for her to do. Um, I will say that I watched the behind the episode. Yeah. And uh, one of the writers stated that, um, while it would be visually um, impactful to see all of these innocent people being burned alive and trying to flee and yada yada, it would be more emotionally impactful to place a character that we love and root for in the midst of that. And so that's why it was logical to put Arya in the middle of all that. So I do like Chelsea's contextualization of it, Mm -hmm. but um, I think she's just better at that (laughs) than they were at that point. 
Um, because I mean, they, the, what I had heard on the, on the behind the episode was the crutch of, well, you'll care more if Arya is about to die. Hmm. I like Chelsea's better. (laughs) I do too. I fully do too. And that's what I was going to say is it makes all of those near deaths so much cheaper. Yeah. Because it's, it's, uh, but I don't, I don't know why they would do that because I felt so much for Arya when people are helping her and she makes like she tries to help that lady and woman and that girl and she decides to turn around and stay with her mom and they get burnt and I was like feeling so much because if that was me if I was Arya I would just be distraught for these people Mm -hmm. and no matter what they did to my dad like it's a woman and a child trying to get away like I would feel so much for them yeah and I just feel like I don't I don't know how they could just make it to where she's it's just because we feel for her I just think that's silly well I mean yeah I mean it is season eight so which which means like I I hope I hope that there is some misdirect and that she's gonna have something big at the end because at the end they show her valiantly riding away on the most conveniently placed yeah. horse ever. <laughs> How'd that horse survive? I Long don't know. Armor. <laughs> um, and so she you know she obviously she rides away on a mission. Right with with. Um, purpose she's got a new list both both in the story and of the show she rides away for a reason so hopefully we get to see some sort of payoff there yeah was there any Um, the way it was framed it almost felt like there was supposed to be some significance to that horse is that am i am i misreading that or did y'all pick up on something else no i didn't get i didn't get anything from it i didn't either um i will say i pointed this out to chris but Season two, Daenerys has that vision of um, her being in a like ruins and it's snowing, mm-hmm. and she hears a voice saying that she'll be with her dragons again. I don't remember exactly what it says, but I think the King's Landing being in crumbles and the ashes looking like snow is like her vision. I just pointed that out to Chris when we were watching it because everything is covered in white, and I just didn't know if that was a callback to her, Daenerys's vision or not. I think that was in season two, the finale. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's a good callback. But I don't know if that's what they were trying to do. Well, it makes sense because, I mean, in that in that scene, because I've seen images of it now um, yeah. where the like everything is broken, like the roof is yeah. caved in. It's not just like snow, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if that was like a reference to her going crazy and just turning out like her father or not. Mm-hmm. That was just interesting thing i took note of Hmm. so i guess let's um talk about the hound yeah i was gonna say i i definitely so before we end this i want to hit on cersei the hound jamie and euron yeah um and then we can we can touch briefly on john okay yeah i think that's a good plan there yeah Yeah. um so so, wait what order are we doing the hound euron Jamie Cersei. Jamie Cersei. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think uh, that's good. And, and John and Grey Worm will get an honorable mention. <laughs> okay. Um. So so Arya and the Hound uh, make it to King's Landing, and they they barely get through the gates, and um, through all the frantic nature of the of the episode, we we see that they do make it to the Red Keep, um, and. 
we, we just talked about a minute ago the point where, where the hound tells Arya they have their exchange uh, yeah they have their little exchange and which I'll just say it happened very quickly mm-hmm. um, I guess it kind of has to yeah I mean I everything's it. falling I, I you know I had no time to interpret it oh uh, yeah that's just you know she's she's had such a tumultuous relationship with the hound this entire time that is true that made um, me sad how it and how they split ways right mm-hmm. and they I don't know it's just that was um i mean if everything that they they were put through together was to get to this point where the hound says do you really want to be like me it kind of recontextualizes his standoffish nature to her throughout the entirety of their relationship because he in a weird way he did care like he was trying to push her away because he didn't want to influence her um and being consumed with with the revenge like he had been and yeah. so, like I said, I, I, I like where it ends. I wish I just wanted it to be a little bit more impactful, but I'm repeating yeah, myself I there. I wanted him to say something more. He just doesn't say anything when she says thank you. And I was like, just give her something else. <laughs> like, this is the last time you're going to see her. But And so he, he dismisses her and um, conveniently catches um, Cersei, Kyburn, the, the mountain, and uh and a couple of yeah apparently the guards that she chooses are just the worst (laughs) listen nothing stands in the way of the cocaine bowl like you you gotta have it (laughs) and um and so you know the the red that is the red keep right i i'm not familiar enough with the locations really foggy on king's landing um I know, like, the general locations. I don't know the inner sanctums. Yeah, which is fair. Um, so we see the Hound just just quietly, you know, take care of three or four guards. Mm-hmm. And um, all that's left is uh, is the Mountain, Kyburn, and Cersei. And um, Cersei, you know... It's clear that the hound is there for the mountain, right? Um, you know, both we all knew it, but but at that moment, it's clear. Um, and and the mountain defies Cersei's wishes or, or orders, uh, and it kills Kyburn in such a funny way. Did you have anything to say about that? Uh, all I was going to add is that we finally see some agency from the mountain in like five fucking seasons. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't find any like humor in the Kyber. Like it just, it all happened so quickly. Like what kind of walk me through it. He just, I mean, Kyburn's just, he's, he's been a little gnat that's been flying around and just generally making things worse. And he gets swatted away by the mountain. It's such a quick death. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, it wasn't. I, I guess it wasn't such a funny way, but it was just very funny to me. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I was like, well, that's like he just was just like, nah, get out of my way, dismissed. And then Cersei um, just passes him. She's like, okay, I'm gonna go now. That annoyed <laughs> they just, me. Yeah, she just was like scampers away. Yeah, I was annoyed by that. Yeah, that was really weird to me. We'll get to Cersei, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, then we get to see Clegane Bowl. Um. Trey, what do you have to say about it? Uh, I, you know, your season has a problem when Clegane Bowl gets more confrontation than the Night King and the Three-Eyed Raven. Like, uh, and, uh, 
I, I oh man, like I, I'm stuck. Like I'm really stuck. Like I, that's a confrontation that I think I wanted to see. But the more the season grew, it's just like these characters have been separated for so long that it's lost all narrative meaning to me. Like. Uh, the yeah. the the mountain had been stripped of his agency. He wasn't who he was before. He had become this husk of a of, of a being, and he had been mutilated. What like it does? It's such a weird turn that he sees the hound and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a person, and I'm gonna take him." Like it's just, it's so unsatisfying. Like that's so incredibly true. So so what I was gonna say was, at my worst, I'm going to be just as frustrated as you are with it. Mm-hmm. At my best. The show is making me think I should have paid more attention to that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it's it's almost like they're rubbing my nose in it and saying, "See, little shit, you should have paid more attention to them." Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's, I mean, like you said, it's it's they they gave them more screen time than the Night King got. I mean, so I'm I, my at best I have to say like, okay, like was this more pivotal than I should have read into? Like you know, like did I miss something? But at worst, I, I, you you make such good points. I mean, the mountain is a shell of who he was anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does... What satisfaction is there? Exactly. The only thing I can see is that the hound wants him dead again once and for all. Yeah. I think that scene was just for the hound, like, to have his character. Relevance. To have what? Relevance. Not relevance, I guess. I mean, if that's how you feel. I really like the hound. I just feel like... I was satisfied with it only because the hounds talked about this for so long and he finally kills him. He, he does want him dead once and for all. And that's what he wanted. That's how, that's how he goes out and that's what he wanted. And that's what he wanted. And I'm fine with that, I guess. But if I I don't know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I wasn't going to say anything. I'm I'm stepping all over you. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're fine. Um, if I if I'm in charge of this plot line, the way that I can fix both the meeting with Arya in this moment is if, you have because I mean he he says to Arya, I don't be like me, don't be consumed by revenge. If you have a moment where he sees who the mountain has become, and is just like, you're not what I was seeking after all. Like what you know, you were you were so far gone from the person that I known that he doesn't really like he's not consumed by revenge. Like yeah, he would still defend himself, but he's like it's not his new goal to just be him beat him. I don't know. Like, I guess him like throwing himself out the fucking castle with the mountain just felt weird to me. It was kind of like, okay, but you could, you could highlight that moment between him and Arya more if he just almost kind of feels sorry for the mountain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing. It's just like, yeah, that's who you are. And it's just like, okay. Well, the, him being thrown into the fire, I guess circles his character, like circles back to his character. He was burnt by his brother. Mm -hmm. Like, brother being him throwing him into the fire and he ends by throwing his brother and himself into the fire so i guess that is i don't know something that's supposed to be significant but yeah yeah it, it's, I mean, it's a nice comeback yeah yeah i was gonna say i think i think she has a point his his character arc is is complete and that's um which i'm only gonna briefly say his character arc is complete it's completed in a way that it is a nice wrap-up for a side character um but the screen time that he got lets me believe that he maybe should have gotten more respect as a main character and not so much as a side character. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I want to say, and then we can move forward, is if he was cognizant enough to know that he's consumed with revenge and he doesn't want Arya to be that way, then what value is there 
and him like if he's smart enough to get that he is consumed with revenge then why is he not smart enough to to in turn save Arya or devote his life to to getting her out of the city you know damn well at that point then why would they go there together in the first place well I, I mean for the same reason that we can say Arya left the city is because plans changed because it got too dangerous but <laughs> And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying. You can save both those moments by having the Hound have a realization after seeing everything that he's worked for. Mm. It's not what he was looking for. Very yeah. true, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they make, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Should write Game of Thrones. No, I was going to move forward. <laughs> make, your, make your point. <laughs> I, 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 and like you can still have the Hound die. Like that's fine. Like I'm not. Like I'm not trying to be like, oh, he died. Now I hate it. Like have him die, but just give him that moment to realize that, like you said it plans change it's not who he was seeking after all and he can die peacefully like he's not consumed by revenge and i get the point of him going to the fire is a full circle but you're telling a story where a guy just got consumed by revenge now it's his end yeah exactly it's it's like we're smarter we, we are seven seasons of game of thrones smarter than this anybody who needed to be bottle fed game of thrones plot lines probably stopped watching in the beginning of season one anyway yeah so if they've survived this entire ebb and flow heinous television show that we've been watching then they're probably you know you can you can go for a little more subtlety and it'll be fine uh shit they could have even like you said he he could have seeked sympathy for the hound turned and walked away and and in a pinch Arya was rescued by the hound uh cersei managed to get to the to the safe spot in the in the like their version of the crypts or whatever but the the mountain takes pursuit and ends up killing the hound as he gets Arya out of the city to safety you know like there were that's that's an even better like predictable plot line why don't rewrite game (laughs) (laughs) well trey trey set that one up i'm just putting a shitty bow on it but um yeah, and so all I was gonna I was gonna segue to they make the mountain um I mean just like incredibly strong. And he like he doesn't even I, I'm I'm actually like sidebar curious as to what the mountain really is because even a a, a sword through the brain didn't kill him. Yeah, I didn't realize that he was like actually dead dead before. I don't know why. I guess I missed that somewhere down the road or I just never paid what? attention. I don't die. He was already dead. Huh? They never really extrapolated on it. Like, okay, that's what, why. what we get is the the trial by combat between the mountain and um, oh god, what's his name? Oh, uh, the uh, guy, o- Oberyn. Oberyn. Thank you, thank you. So they have like the 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 trial by combat. Oberyn wins, but he does oh. the whole "you raped her, you murdered her, say it," and then the hound, I mean the mountain, like trips him and cracks his skull in but not before sustaining a couple of death blows. And Kyburn's like, I'm a creepy fuck. I'll, I'll resurrect him. And they spend like three seasons, like doing something with him. And it's like, it's never explained. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I, when he took that off, I was like, why isn't he dying? And then all of his armor fell off and I was, Chris was like, Oh, he's already dead. And I was like, when was this explained? Yeah. Yeah. So I had no, um, I didn't know. This Oberyn's, Oberyn's weapon had poison. It was laced with poison mm-hmm. and it was mortal. Um, and it killed Gregor Clegane. Uh, that's what I'm reading right now, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and so that. I'm I'm curious as to like what he is 
because he's not even a, a, a classical zombie. Like, I, I just, I would love to know what's canon for his character, mm-hmm. you know? Like, like what the hell was he? What yeah. did Oberyn, or not Oberyn, what did Kyburn manage to do that could even sustain a, a dagger to the eyeball through the brain and he just stumbles back and, oh, you got me. And <laughs> you know what I'm I don't know. Um, that's just me being pedantic. I'm, uh, I mean, at that point, does he even know the Hound is his brother then? Does he know who he's that's fighting That's exactly for? the point that Trey was making. Yeah, no, but I mean, I'm, I, it's just hitting me now because yeah. he's a nothing now. It's like, a good what point. Is... It's a really good point. Um, What's the point of that fight at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, Fan he's service. Definitely... Okay, okay. <laughs> Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm going to try my best on this one. Um, try really hard. That's the moment that the Hound realizes that his vengeance was vapid and and worth nothing is when he realizes that he's spent his entire life chasing and seeking revenge of his brother of a sh- like a shell and he realizes that his brother is a shell of who he wants and yeah. he basically realizes that his life is a shell mm-hmm. but that he didn't seem to care right well that doesn't also jive with the fact that he that he tells Arya, you know like you don't want to be like me yeah but that's if i were trying to to contextualize it i would say that realizing that the hound or that the mountain rather the hound realizing that the mountain is just uh vapor you know yeah there's nothing behind the eyes anymore it's not his brother anymore which doesn't drive because the the mountain defies cersei and kyburn it's a weird it's a weird mode of agency like he like then at that point he would have to know that that that's something significant yeah. Like he's overstepping both of their yeah. orders. I think this is a really good example of very sloppy writing. We're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> so much smarter than the writers. I mean, I'm not going to say that because no, I'm just kidding. But, but no, I, I know, I know. But I'm just saying whenever whenever people are trying to say support your claim. Yeah. Why is why is season 8 bad? This is a good reason. Like you there it doesn't make sense. What's like the, I, I just, you know, like you're doing it because you think I'm too stupid to realize like a different storyline. Is that what their writers are doing? I, you know, I don't, I don't fully understand it. Um, it's just a season of unearned moments. That's all it is anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a really good way to put it. Um, so yeah, the hound, uh, fights the mountain. Then he gets blinded Ugh. and then he's dead. That was hard to watch. Do what? That was hard to watch. I didn't see that whole scene. I closed my eyes real tight. Actually, the way that was going at that point, I would have been like, fuck it. Let's just kill the hound and see what comes out of this. Like, what what is this story anymore? If if there is no resolution to these characters we have spent time, then fuck it. I want every bad guy to win. Yeah. The mountain is going to take the throne. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um Danny is gonna is gonna fly on the back of the mountain. He will be a dragon. Um, so yeah, um, the hound throws himself and the mountain off of a off of a precipice into a fire and comes full circle. Hmm. Uh, so Euron next, I think. Yeah, Euron. yeah. Let's talk Euron, Jamie, and Cersei. Um, For a character who came in really late. He had a, a big ending. I felt like he was a, he was in this season a lot, and I didn't like it. I felt like he came out of nowhere, kind of in a way. One of my favorite uh, nicknames that Reddit has given him is Bargain Bin uh, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> 
and Ashlyn calls him a hillbilly and it makes me laugh and it it's again a tragedy of the season apparently in the books this character is somebody who's a lot more who's a lot darker a lot more fantasy driven like he he's kind of like a conjurer of dark magic and uh, apparently he also has like a horn that can control dragons or something like the the book what? made him a bigger character than the show did uh, okay. and and so if if we're going with this belief that they were handed the keys to how to end this, it makes sense why he has a big ending. But uh, the show did nothing to kind of to earn that. Yeah, Again, I'm a broken yeah. record. But I mean, even the actor himself came out and was saying, like, I wish my character would have had more dimension to it than what he yeah. had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I. Um, it's funny that you say that because I was gonna say this is the only character that I'm fine with the one dimensionality. Mm-hmm. This is the only, like he came in so late that I was just like, I don't care. Yeah, like who cares about him? Mm-hmm. Like, I um, but I, I will say after this is all said and done, I do look very much forward to reading the books. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I think that's what frustrates me the most is that I'm feeling like I felt when I watched Walking Dead, I chose the wrong medium, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, these moments are being presented in a way that is just not helping its case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so um, as convenient as the horse is, Euron just conveniently washes um, washes a short. Like it, it, he's not even like sitting at like literally. What would have been better um, continuity would be to have him just like sitting against a, a, a like a fucking rock or something yeah you know like it literally showed him walking up out of the out of the surf to like to jamie and jamie meanwhile is not like at this moment like he's not wounded he's not like he might be a little winded and tired but he is frantically trying to get to the tower to cersei so it's not like he's been like trying to climb a wall and he's just like been in this spot for 20 minutes and euron just notices him after jumping off of a ship that just got burnt by a dragon and washing to shore like yeah. just the okay anyway uh yeah it, so and he conveniently <laughs> lands on shore when jamie is just right there go ahead trey and i feel bad because there there have definitely been times and i i feel like i almost need to say this because just if there are any regulars from the stream listening to this i have been on the record saying that a lot of times convenience and storytelling doesn't off put me because nobody writes a story about somebody making a sandwich like these are extraordinary events so yeah sometimes extraordinary things are going to happen but they have gone to that well so many times this season that it's just like it's all convenience yeah even in this episode it Mm -hmm. was way too much convenience for me too yeah and that doesn't usually are even sticking with Euron. last episode fucking deadliest shot in the world this episode can't hit dick like he just like (laughs) he i don't know like they had so many more ballistas this time around and none of them could hit the dragon Mm -hmm. yeah um I will say, uh, because I think we've already, well, we might talk about Danny a little bit. Or even uh, like how much more impactful would this fight have been, had been if we lose the dragon in this episode? Like you would oh, give, you would give God, so much more. Sure. And, Cause I talked about how it felt like it was a steady pace. If you don't have that stupid, bizarre scene where they, they get ambushed and you just have, is it Viserion dot? No, Rhaegal die in this fight. Then it's almost like, Oh shit. There are some stakes to it, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say, on the other on the flip side of that coin uh it, it was pretty satisfying seeing danny burn all of the scorpions um 
like that like her her actually taking out the iron fleet and the scorpions and everything was surprisingly realistic given how powerful they were in the last episode um i don't know i agree with you i do think that uh a dragon death in this episode would have meant more and it would have fucking been the perfect catalyst for danny going off the rails like yeah, I yeah, believe that m- more than the subtext of like now she sees everything her her family built and it's, it she wants it because yeah. you you turn it from her becoming a mad queen because she got her toys taken away and it turned it into a mad queen because they stole her child. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 um, man, I, I sorry I, I was gonna move forward, but I just want to say seeing Missandei uh die. And then, or really be executed, and then having a dragon die after that would have been such a better, mm-hmm. more justified, uh, like, I would honestly, like, it would it would make me feel better about the fact that her character is so cheaply uh, written now. Mm-hmm. Like, I would actually feel better about it because it would be like, well, she's just crazy. She's losing everything. Which I get that, you and- know, the sequence of events would mean that she would lose everything she's lost already, but the 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 sequence or the how how it would happen um matters to me i don't know good point yeah so i, I we, we said we were gonna talk about euron i don't think we actually talked about euron uh well, so, yeah i was gonna say that i mean the the biggest point that i i saw that was kind of like an encapsulation of his character is him saying i was the guy who killed jamie lannister like it showed yeah. how much ego and uh you you know uh, what's the word i'm looking for glamour is not the right word i'm looking for but it just like optics were so important to him that as he's yeah. on his final breath being known as the guy who killed Jamie Lannister was even though none of that fucking matters when fire is literally raining down exactly mm-hmm. and you're dying mm-hmm. um yeah and i was actually going to support this particular scene with me saying he's the one character i'm fine with being one-dimensional yeah yeah um that was the only like there was an elegance to that to him just being like like that was his true fulfillment because he didn't really care about cersei he didn't Mm -mm. care about the child he was just trying to like he's following the same sort of storyline that sir braun is following yeah which where the fuck is Braun and all this? Yeah. Like, I guess that storyline just doesn't mean anything anymore. He's still working his uh, way back from Winterfell. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but Jamie can make it from wherever the hell he was to King's Landing. That time, time doesn't matter. No, it's all relative. Um, so yep, uh, Jamie gets wounded. Is mortally wounded, but he still manages to kill Euron. Um, and walk away. Yep, and then he eventually finds Cersei. Fights through the crumbling city. Yeah. Everybody running the opposite way. Dragonfire still gets to her. Let's back up just a bit because I think we kind of we skipped over Cersei uh, because she does have a little bit of some important moments kind of watching the destruction unfold. And there's almost a a level of delirium to her. Yeah. Yeah. I did put that she was just getting fucked up and she is oblivious to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She doesn't want to believe it. Um. Yeah, I, I actually, 
I think I kind of liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it humanized that, her. For yeah, me. I was about to say that was the only satisfaction that yeah, I got was seeing her uh, weep Actually, and crumble. Scared. Yeah. Yeah. She. We hadn't seen that really, at all, have we? Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe because uh... her children, yeah, dying, but. Well, Not in the sense that she was terrified. Like, she never felt like she couldn't get out of something or do something or kill somebody. You know? I don't know. I I would push back and say in the Battle of Blackwater Bay, there was that scene where they are... I don't know where they are. It's not a crypt, but it's somewhere where the women and children have been stowed away. And, and Cersei and Sansa are there. And Cersei is basically yeah. flippantly talking about how they're going to die and they're probably going to be raped. And Sansa's the one to kind of, like calm everybody down where the fuck was that yeah. call back when she was in the crypts but um you did you did see cersei like kind of like throw her arms up and like oh we're gonna die but there wasn't fear she didn't yeah. it wasn't she didn't care about dying here you actually feel like like a god had had learned they could bleed because she had spent so yeah. many seasons uncontested literally blew up a city and then she's watching everything fall apart around her yeah yeah um yeah that's a that's a little that's a nice nod um she she's she's seeing someone younger and prettier and better uh which i think that was the prophecy right didn't they say someone right. yeah and it shakes her to her core mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty cool and, and to be fair we didn't see a body uh. so we don't know that they're dead Walk me through that. Uh, how did you feel about that? Watching them hug each other and and the everything crumble around them. I don't know. I really don't know if I'm mad about it or satisfied. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that whole thing. I just don't. I don't know why. How do you feel about it? Um. I. Sh- I vehemently adhere to the principle of if you don't see a body, you can't assume somebody is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I that being said, I hated it. Uh, and I'm trying to find this tweet that I just read. Um, is by a by a Twitter user named Asted Wesley, uh, and it says all that Cersei build up and she died from poor infrastructure. <laughs> super super funny. Um, and that that is a perfect encapsulation of, of how I feel. Uh, I mean, you know, give, give me a break. Yeah. Um, I I think it's it's a it's a nice but cheap rap on her character. Yeah. To have her die in the arms of Jamie. Like they're you know because all I can take away from that is is um their their reckless love for each other was their demise. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but. You know, that's cool for daytime television. That's not what Game of Thrones has served me before. Yeah. So. I guess because I'm feeling, again, I, I, the reason I brought this up earlier, I'm feeling like I felt with Joffrey. It doesn't feel satisfying. But with Joffrey, I learned to realize that the lesson they were telling me was that the Night King is coming and everything else didn't matter. Obviously mm-hmm. saw how that played out. So with this death, I get what they're telling me that they're not the villains anymore. We we saw the power yeah. structure uh shift towards Danny being this unstoppable villain 
And so I, I almost felt sorry for him. Like when they were, when they're walking yeah. in that underground place with the skull of the dragon and they get to their exit point and it's been caved in, I, I kind of felt bad. And I, I even noticed my dad kind of was like, Oh, like he, he felt bad for them too. And yeah. it, it was, I guess, good in a way that the show was able to elicit that turn on characters that we hated. But like, I don't trust the show. Like, I don't trust the show to to because it already did it to me once with Joffrey and the Night King. I don't trust the show to have any sort of satisfying conclusion because it's lost all sorts of um, credit for being able to tell concluding stories. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, you just you just did it like you you just hit me on every on every level just now because <laughs> yeah. you, you made a really compelling point. Um so much so that you just won me over that I actually, <laughs> I retroactively felt bad too. I was like, okay, that's a really good point. And then I started to think about it and I was like, but wait a minute, but like, it doesn't mean anything. Like I, if, if the lesson is that Danny is the true enemy, like, I, I, I don't know, like that, you're just kind of drilling it into my head at that point. Um, yeah. I'm, I, all I can say is that's a, it's a all good points. I think um, I felt sympathy, not so much for Cersei. I did at the end, but just a little bit. But I learned to love Jamie, mm-hmm. and I think that's what got me was he was he made it back to her, and that's who what he truly wanted. And I kind of felt that for him, like he he was like all that matters is us, and that's what he wanted at the end. And I felt that for him, but I think that's kind of why I was a little like emotional about it. But and- her death wasn't as satisfying as it could be. But I mean, it's over. And see, I think that's where we can can kind of summarize this all. They put in the work for Jamie. They put yeah, in the work yeah. from taking you from hating this kid pushing and like murdering asshole into this guy that you really felt for because he was tortured. He he knew that he loved his sister. He knew it was wrong, but he wanted to, to be honorable in a way. And we saw them do their homework and the payoff doesn't feel right because we started to see this divide between him and Cersei where we started realizing like I remember there was a moment where like I had I had to wrestle with this feeling of like it's wrong that brother and sister are romantically involved with each other but I had somehow come around on Jamie's side of it but I remember being so pissed when they showed a scene of of Cersei sleeping with one of their cousins do you guys remember that yeah, vaguely. Yeah, the the one I I think it was the 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 one that um uh King Robert like yells to go get the breastplate expander. So later oh, on yeah, in the season, yeah. she, she ends up sleeping with that that guy, and yeah. I just remember thinking like, what? Like I hate you for this. So yeah. the show put in all this work for this divide between them, and our payoff is that Jamie says, "J.K. Brienne, I actually still love my sister, and we're we're back." Yeah. Like it's just so yeah. un. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Jamie's yeah, I, I my only thing I'll say is uh Jamie's death was if if we are to believe he's dead, is satisfying. Um for his character. For yeah. his character. But it's overshadowed by Cersei's death because yeah. she has been painted to be the, the, the other villain. Um She's dead now and so are her so it's her baby like the I forgot about the kid like it was gonna be I guess profited I guess whatever the word yeah. is yeah um I didn't expect her to have it I guess 
so that's that's pretty much it um i feel I so bad yeah. again yeah. dad i enjoy our time together it's just, i'm mad at the show not not our hanging out yeah um i did want to say that uh john and gray worm uh yeah, share a, something's gonna come out of that yeah they share a little i mean chelsea made a point um because i said like why doesn't he ever fight with a helmet and uh gray worm mm-hmm. and uh, you know john too technically but uh gray worm doesn't fight with a helmet and uh i was like why doesn't he do that and chelsea said it's because he has nothing to lose anymore mm-hmm. and we didn't talk about it much but i thought like well i mean he's still incredibly loyal to danny so i don't know that that's totally true um so i think we're going to see some sort of struggle between the two mm-hmm. uh for for danny um because they they share a little look like like gray worms looking at john like where well, where's your loyalty dude yeah because it was when they rang the bell and gray worm threw the first throw to show that they're not gonna stop and john kind of was like no stay back we're not fighting and that's when gray was like what are you doing like yeah whose side are you really on mm-hmm. yeah it was kind of it's kind of cold and yeah uh illustrating the divide between uh the north and danny um yeah because it, it all hinges on the moment where danny continues laying fire anyway and like you said uh, uh gray worm throws the first strike and not too long after we see a scene where i want to say it was somebody from the north who it was an implied like attempted rape and john stops yeah. him um yeah. and kills him yeah and kills him um which honestly that's that's kind of servicing the same progression that danny had in season one i think when the dothraki were uh pillaging a um an encampment one of the dothraki tried to rape one of the women and danny stops it and they had that whole scene where drogo and that guy face off because drogo stands by danny um that is just kind of like the the final like yeah danny's gone kind of thing where if this if this is the outcome that she stands behind then everything she was building up to has gone away yeah i think we really see the point in john's face where he like knows like this is not how it's supposed to be this is not what i want Mm -hmm. and maybe she isn't who i think she is yeah and he just kind of you see his face change and he's like we have to get back like this isn't worth it and then it just doesn't stop after a while he finally gets him back at some point but well don't the unsullied fight with like honor though Mm, i would say in the case of danny yes because she freed them because i think there was a big point where she said you can go if you want to but they were so indebted to her saving their their existence from being cell swords that they fought with her for loyalty not for for money if that makes sense yeah um i i was what i was trying i I don't have anything to base it on. I just I feel like because they're they're like castrated and and raised on on war only, right? Right. So, um, I I assumed that maybe they were brought up on honorable fighting, like rules of engagement kind of thing, um, which is is really just an assumption. Um, I, I I would say no, because the whole point of their existence. Uh, the reason for castrating them is so that they're just emotionless yeah. like fighters. 
Yeah, they're just fighters. Whatever you need, they do. I mean, because I don't know if they got into this in the show, but I got to this part in the books. Part of their training was that they are forced to raise a dog, and at the end of their training, they kill the dog kind of thing. I think it shows, I think it shows that in the show. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. So okay, the, I they are supposed to be blank slates of murder. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know now if they're just now solely, not solely listening to Grey Worm, but Grey Worm's head of it, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever Grey Worm orders, they're going to do. Is that correct? I believe point, so. I mean, Danny too, but... I, th- I think Grey Worm has enough clout that if he were to uh, like stage an uprising, which is what I think you're getting to, they would listen to him. Okay. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if, if John was to tell them to go back and Grey Worm to listen, like they would go back. I will say this. Uh, I don't think Grey Worm is fighting out of loyalty. I think it is just pure rage and anger because yeah. you have that scene. That. You have that scene where Danny hands him the collar and said, this is the only thing Masande brought with her. And he just throws into the fire like he mm-hmm. he is done. Like he's just it's I want revenge. He is he consumed by it. About that either. Well, I did like that, though. Um, I, I I projected a little bit of. Uh, he didn't want her to be remembered as a slave. Yeah, that's how I thought too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there was just no other exchange from Daenerys, and I was like, oh. She, yeah. I felt like she should have said something else, but she just kind of like turns around and like smiles at Dawn. There's no time for exchanges. You gotta burn shit, <laughs> dragon. It was a little subtle moment, but I do like that she speaks to Grey Worm in the unsullied language. I don't know what it is. Um, is it Valerian? Yeah. yeah, she speaks to him in Valerian in front of John, where they had totally been fine speaking common amongst yeah. each other. That's just like a little nice, I don't trust John anymore kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Yeah. And like, he turns around to to stay there. Like, that. I think that's like Grey Worm not trusting him too, in a sense. Because mm-hmm. he was going to stay until Daenerys was like, oh, you, you can leave. It's fine. I think we've hit the entire episode. Yeah. Uh, the only thing we missed, uh, which I'll save for the last thing, because you might have some stuff to say. But uh, again, my cousin texted me something he definitely wanted me to bring up. Uh, he calls bullshit on uh, Drogon's fire being able to destroy so much structure where Viserion's fire couldn't even destroy a rock John hid behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good I point. Know. I mean, I, I don't know if he I mean, make sense, it's. But. Uh, I don't know. Whatever he was breathing. I, I guess it's just they're they're circumventing consistency for dramatic uh, drama. I mean, like it's the same reason why we see Liana and uh, Dolores Ed's bodies in the pyres last episode, but they should have exploded with all the other whites. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just like I, I don't like it, it, it. All its failures. I don't even know if that's something you can hold against the show anymore. Like. They're so far gone in the major details. These little details are, are yeah. don't hold a light. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say uh, because y- y- you got me on a on a thought that um, Drogon felt way too strong in this episode, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll conveniently cover it with uh, they've been growing the entire show. Yeah. And dragons don't stop growing. The lore is that they just continue to grow and grow and grow. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, they're also hermaphroditic. What does that mean? Um, they flip flop back and forth. Yep, sexually. So they can. Um, oh. So it wouldn't matter if she had all male dragons; they could still 
uh, reproduce. Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll, that's the the plot driver that I'll give the dragons is that they're still growing and we've never even seen Drogon realize his true potential or any of the dragons for that matter. And that's always been her dragon, right? Yeah. So I'm sure that one gets special attention paid to in a way, I guess. And I guess you could say, I mean, there is some familiarity between them two so maybe she's better at, at dodging and weaving the ballistas yeah that's a good point i guess when uh, your problem as a showrunner when you have to come up with excuses for why things are happening that you you yeah. fucked up yeah yeah hmm. okay well danny forgot about the iron fleet they certainly hadn't forgotten about her <laughs> <laughs> uh last point uh, i think the show ends on aria finding the white horse uh well we did talk about this never mind yeah we did hit we everything did, we can talk about it one last time um because your cousin made a hilarious point that i'm just gonna bring back up uh actually you say it yeah uh same cousin that wanted me to bring up the the fire in aria's fake outs um he uh he said that the horse was bran <laughs> and i i said i'm totally down for a spinoff show where it's bran the horse I just want to know what Bran's doing this entire time. Probably yelling at his agent for getting him stuck on a show that ends this way. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yep, convenient horse is convenient. The show is convenient. I'm, You know, I will make a point. I'm really sad this episode made me feel this way because up until this point, I was very optimistic and enjoying it. I was one of the few who was like, I really like this season. I think it's going to be good and end differently than everybody thinks. But this episode, I just am not happy about it. And, I want you to be right. And I, I feel so bad because like I I mean, you guys have seen me enough on stream. I, I, I positivity is like my thing. I like trying to look on the bright side of things. When I said let's review Game of Thrones, it was in all sincerity like I wanted to have a good time. And I think you can watch my slow transition from episode one to now that it's just like it's baffling. Like I said it earlier, I'm saying it again. It is baffling that the biggest show in the world has come down to this. Like even if the showrunners D&D didn't want to continue doing this, how could they have not gotten anybody else to continue on the reins? Like, yeah. and, and think about the actors who committed nine years of their life just to have it in like this or even oh, actors yeah. even actors like Euron who signed on a couple seasons ago probably based off what they knew from the books only to have their characters short shrifted like this yeah it's insane the, the actor who plays Bran I don't know his name but he made a point he was like I don't know Game of Thrones I don't know my life without Game of Thrones he was like I was nine when I started this he goes mm -hmm. I don't remember life before really he's wow. like this is this is i don't know what to do after and i was like wow to have it end like in such a bad way how disappointing but i hope it doesn't end bad but I, at this point i'm just i don't know i don't know how they're gonna end it me either yeah i just can't even imagine <sighs> but i felt that way about this episode too i was like how are how is this even gonna play out at this point but here we are next week <laughs> uh, i don't know scared last uh last episode uh any closing thoughts i think that's it yeah no that's my closing thought um i'll continue I, to be positive yeah my closing <laughs> thought is i'm still optimistic at the end of the day that this will binge well 
I'm, and I'm glad, like I like I said, I, I guess I didn't get back to my point. Like I didn't want to take away from from you because I, I knew you t- you were enjoying the season. I didn't want to just naysay it, but I I, I guess maybe vindicating in a way that you kind of were disappointed this way. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I just I still have my high hopes from this episode. I want to believe what I believe. Yeah. And despite what the writers might have thought, but I think that's what I have at the end of the day. I'm gonna think of. I don't know. I'm just going to think what I think about the episode. Yeah. And that's my final note. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If there's nothing else, why don't we go ahead and let people know where they can find us and uh, contact us if they'd like to bring up any further points with us. Uh, Starting with you, Chris. You can find me on all social media at Dear Christopher. And I'm on Twitter as Chelsea Allen with two N's and on Instagram as Chelsea Elaney, E-L-E-N-I. And of course, all those will be linked in the description. If you'd like to go and follow these wonderful people there, I highly suggest it. Uh, if you'd like to find me, you can find me at the tap stream on every social media platform uh, and on mixer.com slash the tap stream. Uh, there is a website, the tapstream.com slash podcast, where if you'd like to comment, you can bring up any further points and uh, maybe we'll bring it up on next episode. But until next time, thank you all for listening. Uh, Sorry for being super down, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.